0: All right, you can go. A claw rising out of the Pacific with pincers of death and glory. It's Ebra, Horror of the Deep.
1: Sure, you're going to say Ebra. Welcome back to the Monsters vs. Mid Podcast, where we're trying our best to stay alive. I'm Alex, and hey. joining me today, as always, uh, Eric. Ebera. Yeah, I pronounced it wrong for you. Ebra himself. <laughs> Eric.
0: All right, so now I'm Ebera, or Ebra, whatever you say. It's pronounced. We'll say like Ebera. I think Ebera
1: Ebra is the right way. We're not going to say Gahira, like you like to say. Yes. <laughs>
0: <laughs> ebra i got this you got this we got that's this right, together that's right. hey so theo i think theo started watching a kids kaiju show i just didn't realize it was kaiju until i thought about it today
1: oh really what was he watching yeah.
0: well it's a new netflix kids show based off a kid's book it's it's like the last kids on earth is what it's called
1: oh you know and what I, I just saw that pop up on there <laughs>
0: It's kind of a kaiju show Like it's got It's a weird show It's got zombies and giant monsters And I have no idea what's going on But he seems to really enjoy it So (laughs) I've been watching that with him The past couple nights
1: I'm not sure if you have Hulu And I'm not 100% sure if it's still on there But they used to have the whole Ultraman series on there Nice, nice He might like that if it's dubbed I think it is dubbed
0: Yeah, I'd, uh, I'd try to show him some of the dub stuff, so he, he enjoys it.
1: That sounds awesome. Do you think it's any good or is it not?
0: It's okay. It's okay. I I would rather read the book, I think. Um I think the book is, is supposed to be pretty kid friendly. There's a lot of pictures and stuff. I don't really understand the mix of the monsters and the zombies, but he's having a good time with it.
1: Maybe I'll have to get Gwen to check it out, see what she thinks.
0: Yeah. Oh yeah. Gwen's gonna check it out. <laughs> Sure. I'm sure Gwen is going to check that out. She's gonna,
1: yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, Gwen's going to check it out. Yeah, yeah. She <laughs> she knows how to click on the remote and yeah. get somewhere random. Yeah,
0: yeah. Sounds like something she slash you would be interested in for sure.
1: Yeah, mostly me. Yes, 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 yes. But yeah, Eric, why don't you break down the first film by June Fukuda?
0: All right, here we go. A new director, June Fukuda, takes the helm of the seventh Godzilla film, Ebera, Horror of the Deep. With a significantly lower budget, Fukuda brought new elements and flavors to the Godzillaverse while bringing back several of the previous cast members for new roles. Exuberant colors, a militaristic outfit known as the Red Bamboo, and a group of comic teenagers, it's all here. But does Ebera Horror of the Deep maintain Honda's unique vision despite the low budget? Or does it crash and burn as a less-than-stellar Godzilla film? What do you think, Alex?
1: You know, I think Godzilla actually survives this film in a very interesting way. You know, the budget, at a passing glance, it's not immediately clear that it's so small comparably to the other films, and it's only really when we begin to get look closely that it's clear that the budget is smaller. So, for starters, the whole film is film; it's on an island. Yeah, uh, you're not seeing any city shots, so they're not having to pay all those fees for filming in a city, all those big budgets for having to blow up things, uh-huh. uh, drop pieces of whatever into the city to make it look like it's been attacked. Yeah. And also, the biggest thing that's that I probably miss the most is there's very few miniatures. There's not much for the big guy to stomp on or blow fire uh-huh. at. Uh-huh. Uh, but... On the other hand, there are some things that they clearly did put their money into. And that's got to be Ebera. Mm -hmm. And for a giant lobster, he looks surprisingly good. (laughs) You know, better than I remember, actually. And director Fukuda really did manage his budget well for this film. I mean, he was a TV director and he was brought on to this film because he knew how to work with a lower budget, which (laughs) he didn't really appreciate that. Yeah, but that is why he was brought on those films because he knew how to make a low budget work. But the most important thing is that this is a low budget movie that doesn't feel low budget. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's really a testament to the director and also the new location. It's kind of surprisingly refreshing actually. What do you think?
0: Yeah, actually this film feels completely different to me right from the beginning and in a pretty good way. Even the opening credits, They don't feature monsters. They don't feature the menacing Godzilla theme. They don't feature the sci-fi elements. They're replaced here by images of sunsets and oceans. And there's this chill, less invasive type of music that's playing over those credits. Now, after the dramatic opening, the film starts to feel like a slice-of-life picture. You get the group of teenagers just sailing peacefully on the ocean with breezy, surfing-like music happening in the background it feels completely Mm -hmm. different than anything that we've ever seen Um, but with that said once they get to the island I do think we start to notice a lot of the plot holes that become pretty apparent pretty quick what do you think about the plot did you notice those plot holes at all
1: first I like what you said about it not having those sci-fi elements
0: Mm -hmm.
1: that we got in the previous film and the film before it while I love that about God, the Godzilla canon, I also like that this movie literally brings th- the franchise down to Earth. Yeah. Well, it's ridiculous. This is a more grounded film, comparably, to especially what we saw with Invasion Compared of the Astro the
0: Actors, Yeah. The, z- the Zillions. <laughs> yeah.
1: yeah. Yeah. It's almost the complete opposite film, like, setting-wise. You know?
0: Mm-hmm. It,
1: it's kind of like I said, it's kind of refreshing. It and, is
0: refreshing, yeah.
1: And it's like you said, we've got this group of teens in this film, some of which are fresh from a dancing <laughs> marathon, <laughs> which which is a really f- funny scene, isn't it? I'll, I'm going to talk about
0: the scene. Spoiler, I do talk about the scene later. It might come up in an award, but yeah.
1: <laughs> I'll, let, I'll let you go into it a little bit yeah. more. But And then they're joined by, coincidentally, they're joined by a criminal.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And... Essentially, this criminal joins their little ragtag group and they go to stop a terrorist organization by complete chance. <laughs> yeah, right? there's no real
0: reason for it whatsoever.
1: <laughs> I mean, it feels like an episode of Scooby-Doo when you lay it out how quickly the small story <laughs> explodes into something more elaborate than it really has any right to be.
0: You know, what, you know what I thought of? like, Like, at that point, like, you're right, it explodes. It reminded me of Lost for a second, right? Like they climb up a hill and they look over the hill and all of a sudden there's like this military base and you're like, the others, right? <laughs> it felt like Lost.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, it feels like this small film that very quickly expands into this very big film. The film is marred by plot holes, like you said. Mm-hmm. There, There's these hilarious coincidences and things that happen just to happen. Especially the balloon. The balloon is probably the most infamous thing I can think. Yeah. Our, yeah. our main uh, character, Ryota. I mean, the most infamous thing is when he his foot gets caught in that balloon. Mm-hmm. And they're just like, oh, he's heading towards Infant Island.
0: <laughs> yeah, it happens to take him to Infant Island where his brother happens to be waiting for him, who he's been looking for all along. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, it, it, it's completely absurd but i really do <laughs> there's something so charming about it that, mm-hmm. and this is a really weird way yeah because c- it, it never these weird c- continuity decisions i guess they don't never really hurt the film in a yeah. way uh i mean it definitely this is never this was never going to be a stellar film uh but it, it never gets hurt and this movie really is about ryota yeah. dragging along the brightly colored scooby-doo gang with him <laughs> I mean, Ryota has a superpower. I don't know if you noticed this area. <laughs> and that power is persuasion. He gets everyone from a thief to Godzilla to Mothra to help him out. <laughs> I yeah. mean, he might be the most powerful human in Godzilla so far.
0: He does he does <laughs> he, have that stone cold determination, like the entire film. It's true.
1: <laughs> I mean, even fate. Takes him where he wants to go. Like I was saying about the balloon. Mm-hmm. Even Fate's like, okay, I'll do what you want. I'll take you to your brother. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's also interesting that once again, Godzilla is not mentioned in the title, which mm-hmm. I thought was pretty cool. Yeah. I really like this. Like, you know, growing up, I thought all these films had Godzilla in the title because they're about Godzilla. But mm-hmm. no, these are all films about something else, yeah. some deeper more than others. This is a more shallow film. Yeah. But it, it's still a movie not about Godzilla, which is I, I'm I'm younger me would have been furious, right? <laughs> I, I get I get probably ten minutes of Godzilla, but older me is really enjoying like this like expanded universe where Godzilla just happens to appear in every film, <laughs> which is kind of cool, you know. And yeah. I mean, what, what do you think, Eric?
0: Well, I'll blame the balloon coincidence on the magic of Mothra, I guess. But despite those <laughs> plot holes. And those coincidences, I did enjoy several aspects of this film, even though we don't see Godzilla until two thirds of the way into the movie. He does look cute all there, like curled up in the cave. There's something about it. I'm like, all right, this is the first time I've ever thought Godzilla looked cute, but it was kind of charming in some sort of way. Um, But the human characters, each character of the team here, they have a distinct personality. And each one has a moment to shine. There's not just an added character in here that's added for no reason. Uh, I especially enjoyed Nita. He's like the the comic relief. And he finds himself when he joins the infant islanders that have been made slaves by red bamboo on the island. He joins them to create that yellow drink. It's yellow drink this time, not the yeah, red it's drink. it's yellow this time. Yeah. Uh, he starts off as this reluctant character that is he doesn't want to engage in any sort of conflict, but he ends up leading the charge to help the Islanders towards the end of the film. I also think the monster action here is top notch, um, which you you said, yeah, I I actually think (laughs) like we actually get some of the best monster scenes here that we've had so far. Granted, we don't have extended scenes of Godzilla destroying a bunch of stuff, but first of all, Ebra, the title monster looks really great. As you mentioned, Yes, he's a giant lobster, but he's a good-looking giant monster. (laughs) That giant claw that rises out of the sea, that thing is pretty menacing. And those beady red eyes under the water, that stands out as this neat little detail that it didn't have to be there, but it was. And in general, I think we get some of the coolest monster action scenes in this movie. The part where Godzilla takes down the red bamboo fleet of fighter jets is a standout moment in the series for me so far, action-wise. The first one, he catches it and he throws it, right? We even get mm-hmm. him swiping one with his tail. He does two at the same time with his atomic breath, right? At that point, even the camera is doing some fancy stuff there. We get some like point of view shots from the fighter jets coming in on Godzilla It's interesting. Like I I have to get some props to Fukuda there for an interesting action scene. And the best part of that scene, the entire time, it sounds like we're listening to a Pet Band rendition of Wipeout, (laughs) (laughs) right? As the planes literally wipe out on the island. It was pretty epic. What'd you think of that scene? And in general, I do have a question for you. What the heck was that giant bird that attacked Godzilla right before the plane scene?
1: Yeah, all right. So before I get to the bird, I, I do agree that there are some pretty cool action scenes, and there's even underwater fight scenes, which we haven't seen anything underwater since the first film. Yeah, uh, which is interesting. And in, in the well, underwater scenes—they're mm. actually underwater, which I, they don't really look it, but they are. Yeah. Uh, and also, I really the wipeout scene—I don't know if "epic" is the word I would describe it. <laughs> describe it with <laughs> maybe hokey, but. But the bird. The bird is the most off-putting thing, I think, in the entire film. In terms of, like, just out of nowhere. And and with a movie full of randoms, Mm -hmm. that was pretty random. So, I had literally no idea what this thing was. So, I decided to do some extensive research about the creature. Mm -hmm. To inform our audience and you, Eric. About this, this, this strange, mysterious creature that has appeared out of nowhere. Literally, nowhere. Well... Toho gave it two names, Giant Condor and Giant Eagle. Nice. <laughs> so <laughs> they clearly they clearly really care about this monster. Yeah. And also the sound the monster makes, it's just a basic bird. It doesn't get that special treatment that something like Godzilla, Anguirus, even Ebra or Ebera gets. Mm-hmm. You know, there's no, no distortion, no nothing, no glove on a base. Mm-hmm. I mean, no one cared about this thing. Maybe the most thoughtless thing in all of Godzilla <laughs> canon, <laughs> just possibly.
0: Yeah, I'm thinking they just found this bird that someone created. Maybe it was a Rodan throwaway, and they're like, "We've got to <laughs> use this somehow." When can we use it? Let's, oh, let's put it here.
1: Yeah, yeah. yeah. Let's let some thir- some fur on an old Rodan model, and we'll just throw it at Godzilla yeah. for a moment.
0: It gives us an excuse to to burn something. <laughs> <laughs>
1: It does. It does. And who doesn't like an excuse to burn something? Exactly. <laughs> but but here, stick with me. Stick with me, Eric. All right. I'm getting ready to get off topic, but I have a theory of why the enemies in this film are just giant monster blank. Okay. So, remember how they wake up Godzilla with that dumb sword and wire antic? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. With lightning, right? Do you remember another monster that we've seen in these films that reacted to lightning?
0: Mm-hmm. Yep.
1: Yeah. Who would that be, you think?
0: King Kong. King Kong.
1: Yeah. And that's what this movie was originally. It was a King Kong movie.
0: Huh.
1: It was originally called Operation Robinson Crusoe, King Kong (laughs) vs. (laughs) It's a it's a mouthful. And Um, Kong's enemies in his films are typically giant blank, giant monster blank. mm -hmm. So, everything's just giant, just like Kong. He's just a giant ape. Which explains the monsters in this film, actually, and the lack of creativity. Now, I do like the look of Ebora, but there is a certain lack of creativity, mm-hmm. I would say, with him. And especially Giant Eagle, Giant Condor, whatever you want to call him. Right. It also explains most of the scenes with Godzilla. On a couple times, he doesn't... I mean, he only uses his fire breath a couple times, you know? Yeah. And there's a scene you asked me about, about him catching planes. Well... You know who else is famous for fighting planes? Yes. Right? Yeah. yeah, King Kong. And there's some other elements, too. Like, King Kong really liked himself some ladies. And we see that with Godzilla. <laughs> he well, he sees the woman, and he has this weird reaction to her. Mm-hmm. It's really bizarre. Even Godzilla hardly uses his tail in this movie at all. Instead of uh, using his tail during tennis. I mean, he usually uses his hands and head anyway, I guess. <laughs> but he only uses his tail once, and it's to destroy a plane. Mm-hmm. So there's all these really strange, like, okay, I see what they did here. They totally just they slapped Godzilla into this movie, had him do a few of his typical things, but really this was and still kind of feels like more like a King Kong movie than a <laughs> Godzilla movie to me.
0: Yeah, I, I had not thought about that but that makes complete sense. The Toho got the Toho King Kong seems different though, you know, with the electric powers, it seems a little bit different than the King Kong we normally see. Um, But, but the, the point about, you know, his connection with the Island woman, that that's an interesting point. And I definitely think that fits King Kong more than what we've seen so far in Godzilla.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And also, I mean, you know, it's clear that they made adjustments for Godzilla because later on Godzilla gets hurt by power lines in mm-hmm. this film. Yeah. It's just like King Kong vs. Godzilla where some of the things just don't make sense. Right. <laughs> but I love it. I really do. It's, it, it's, it's pretty cool. Back to that surfing music and our, my favorite fight scene, like you said. Mm-hmm. It's ill-fitting. It's bizarre. But it's somehow perfect for this film in a weird way. Yeah, no, it really
0: is. No, I'm right with you. Another part of the music that I liked, we almost we didn't quite get it, but we almost got the original Mothra theme again. You know, yeah. we had the Islander chants. We haven't even mentioned Mothra yet. And that's probably because she feels kind of just like added on at the end. She's a little tacked on. Um, and I think that, I, well, I'm, first of all, I'm appreciative that we get the actual Mothra moth and not the Mothra larvae. But I will say, Mothra here doesn't look updated at all. It's like, again, I think they just dragged her out of the closet, out of the puppet props closet, (laughs) and threw her in this scene, in in this movie. Um, And I know, apparently, they're supposed to be, you know, you can see the, the humans being carried away at the end of the movie. You know, Mothra's carrying them. I just couldn't see them. And I was like, did they run out of money at this point? I just... I didn't quite buy the end, and I was like, man, I think they're, they're running short here, and they needed a solution, so let's bring Mothra in.
1: The being saved, I guess I didn't have the budget to show that thing being picked up, which I think would have made it a little more interesting. We just got to see Mothra flying away, holding a net. Yeah. And we, we can't really <laughs> see the people, except for we see them sitting there watching Godzilla from mm-hmm. afar mm-hmm. at the end of the film. But I do agree, Moth Mothra is best Mothra. Yes. And I was glad to see it back for a change, actually. I was kind of relieved, to be honest, because Turd Mothra is not, I'm not a fan. I really am not. And I don't, one thing about it is I don't really understand why they had to spend the entire movie trying to wake Mothra up. Mm -hmm. I mean, he must have taken some good meds before he went to sleep, because he was having trouble waking up. But here we are. An hour and a half. Well, the movie's not even an hour and a half, but right. here we are, an hour and twenty minutes into the movie, and Mothra's just now waking up. Mm-hmm. Kinda kinda lame. And the, you know, I can't believe I'm saying this, but I was kinda sad to see new twins yeah. helping awaken <laughs> Mothra rather than our old ones. You know, yeah. we don't have the peanuts anymore. Now we've got a duo named Pear Bambi. <laughs> and this is the only they- film that they're in. They just can't do the same synchronization. They're, they're not the same, yeah. man. But yeah, they're this is the only film that they play the twins, actually. So we get a new set of twins, I think, even in the next film, maybe. And as for Godzilla, I thought he actually looked pretty good. Mm-hmm. Uh, his tennis match with Eberra is kind of lame, but the fights, they don't really hold back. I mean, he's blasting them. Ebro's being thrown in the air, and it actually looks pretty good. Yeah. And not only that, he beats Ebra. Not once, but twice. Yeah, I felt a little bad for Ebra, but. <laughs> I know, he, 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 he's clearly outclassed yeah. in this one, you know. Yeah. The only time I thought he had a chance was when they both went underwater, and then I remembered, oh, yeah. Yeah, Godzilla's, Godzilla's an amphibian. <laughs> yeah. Well,
0: here's what I wish would have <laughs> happened during the tennis scene. Here's what I wish. I wish, you know, Ebra catches the rock at one point in his yes. claw. I wish at that point he just would have crushed the rock. That would have been awesome. <laughs>
1: that you know what? That's a pretty yeah. It would have because we've
0: seen tennis before, but that would have like subverted the tennis scene. You know, if they just crushed it, you know, that would have been cool.
1: That would have been cool. Yeah. But there was actually a cool detail I noticed it during the tennis scene. Mm-hmm. So after he catches that rock and him and Godzilla are throwing it back and forth, you know how Godzilla smacks it away, yeah, and it just goes and hits this random tower yeah. somewhere. Yeah. Later on, when Godzilla's attacking the fortress, mm-hmm. that there's this one tower in there that still that still damaged the exact nice. same way. Nice. Which I was like, oh, that's kind of that's yeah, kind of cool. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't necessary, but I liked it. My favorite moment of the, of all the fight scenes, the plane's good, but when he completely dismantles Ebera mm-hmm. and he's there, he rips off one claw, and then he rips off the giant mm-hmm. one. And then you see the camera. He's sitting there holding the claw and the camera like pans around him. It gets that look that you see that menacing look kind of from Godzilla where he's playing with that claw, oh, yeah. like taunting evera yeah. like, you know, he just he wipes the floor with him. I thought it was so cool. And I could see someone seeing it. it's kinda of like funny, but uh, it is funny, but mm-hmm. it's also kind of menacing. It's the first look of a menacing Godzilla that we've really had in a while. Yeah. What you, but what do you
0: think? Well, I think we get a different side to Godzilla here. I mean, first off, there's a real human connection between Godzilla and Dayo, the the woman Islander. You mentioned the King Kong connection. But, you know, there's the point when they come face to face and you're like, oh, man, she's in trouble. But then we get that like slow zoom into Godzilla's eyes and you realize there's some sort of connection that's been made. And then he destroys the bird. Well, actually, then he almost falls asleep meditating. It seems like. <laughs> <laughs> it's so and, then, weird. and then the bird comes to attack. He destroys the bird. He catches the bird on fire, and then he seems to flirt with her again. He like he get a close up of his face. And he like scratches his nose and looks all proud that he uh-huh. just destroyed a bird. I'm like, this is a different side of Godzilla that we've ever seen before. Um, yeah. I wouldn't exactly call him friendly in this film. Because he seems to have a special hatred for Ebra. Um, But I would say there's something that the humans connect to. They connect to him in some way, shape, or form. You know, when he's standing there on the, on the island at the end and the humans think he's about to explode, Ichino states, Godzilla looks so sad because they left him behind. Um, and they said, Godzilla helped us out. He didn't do too much, to be honest, to help him out. But there was something about (laughs) the humans and and just about audiences in general. Audiences feel for Godzilla, and that's what kind of makes him unique. Um, There's something to be said about Godzilla and Godzilla movies in that we end up cheering for Godzilla. For some reason, with Godzilla, we root for him. We root for the monster. I think there's a duality within him that reflects something familiar that we experience within ourselves. Um, and I think especially in Japanese culture, there's something about Godzilla, like the horror that it can cause, but also something beautiful within Godzilla that attracts the audience to him.
1: Oh, you could maybe say the same about nuclear power.
0: Yeah, indeed. <laughs> <laughs> to tie back to Gojira.
1: Yeah. <laughs> you just had to make sure you said it right. Uh, See so <laughs> Hey, but Yes. I think we've got a theometer coming up. We do. What's theometer. You
0: know what time it is. It's theometer theometer. Welcome, welcome back, back to The Theometer. Welcome back to the Theometer, everybody. Uh, this, this week, week we are looking at Ebera Horror of the Deep. Are you ready, Theo, to meet Ebra? Yeah. All right. Now, you just got to tell me what you see. Okay. Looks like they're uh, underwater.
1: Yeah, of course, man. Wow.
0: Well, who's that?
1: Oh, Godzilla.
0: Uh-huh. And this other monster? Uh-huh. His name is Ebra. Whoa. You see that? Whoa, yeah. What does Ebra look like to you? Uh, like a giant crab. A giant crab? Oh my, what? He's, Godzilla's firing onto his chicken leg. Dude, his chicken leg? Yeah. You mean his claw? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. On, on a scary meter, how scary would you say the Ebra is? Uh, like 60,000? 60, 60,000? 60, yeah. Wow, well, that is quite scary. Oh man. Did you see what Godzilla just did? What did he do? What did oh, he do? Look. What did he do? What did he do? He ripped that claw off of Ebra. Did you see that? He was just clapping those in Ebra's face. <laughs> this has been another. Be mother. All right, let's uh, get into <laughs> our awards then, Alex. Yeah. Um, coolest character award. Who, who did you choose for the coolest character?
1: I mentioned it a little bit earlier. I mentioned a lot of it earlier, actually. I think the best character is Ryota, the the who I feel is the main character, and his special superpower to drag everything, even the wind, with him on his journey, and it just takes him wherever he goes. I mean, he's like he's like Magneto, <laughs> but with both the worst and best luck. Yeah, <laughs> I mean everything goes his way perfectly. I mean the situation he's in is kind of is kind of bad, but everything goes like. Literally as good as probably possible I mean, he takes down a terrorist organization Has help from Godzilla And Mothra And all of his friends make it out alive It's a pretty sweet gig Good
0: day for him Saves his brother
1: (laughs) (laughs) That's right that's right. Well, what about you? Who, who, who's your
0: favorite character? I've I've got to go with my main man, Akira Takarada as Yoshimura. You know, Takarada. Oh, my God. He's, no, I mean, he's coming back for like his fourth role here, right? <laughs> his fourth role <laughs> in seven films. And I got to say, this time, he's a little bit different. You know, it's a little different role for him because he's a thief. And I love his Mm -hmm. entrance when we see him for the first time, when he pops out of nowhere on that sailboat sailboat yacht and he has that gun, albeit a fake gun. For some reason, he reminds me of Brad Pitt's character in the new Tarantino movie, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. It might be that like Hawaiian shirt and just his attitude in general. Um, But he brings an element of mystery, intrigue and just playing out cool to this film.
1: Yeah, he just he just has this like, it, it is it's that cool element yeah. that even killed. He's never really too panicked. I think the most panic he gets is when he realizes all his money came out of suitcases <laughs> when they wrecked. The yeah, ship. exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah, he's always there to pick every lock that we can't get through at all times.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, I I like that he is able to just manufacture a skeleton key right there, right there, on the scene.
0: a skeleton key that's capable of breaking into high-security terrorist bases.
1: <laughs> yeah, it opens anything. It's just, it's so, it's like the the biggest... <laughs> Dude, I
0: all know. I can say is he's skilled. He's skilled, okay, Alex?
1: He is skilled. I, I guess I get why you picked him, then, you know?
0: You know another skilled character? <laughs> no. <laughs> Transition. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's the scientist. The scientist in the lab. So He has this line, and it's my most memorable line award. He says, in two hours, this island will be, this island will be, blown from the earth. <laughs>
1: <laughs> this is that scientist that was dying in yeah, the lab. He's
0: dying in the lab. He has no reason to help this group. He has no reason to tell how how many hours the, the, uh, this island is going to be left on the earth, and yet he does. Right? He helps <laughs> our gang, and yes, he also gives a little impetus to the plot.
1: Yeah, his tune changes pretty quick once he realizes he's probably going to
0: die, yeah. right? <laughs> what was your most memorable line?
1: Mine was one we mentioned a little bit earlier, was was Ichino. Uh, when he says, Godzilla looks so sad. It shows that humanity cares for him. Even when he tries to blow up their ride, oh, yeah. do they not realize that he just tried to kill Mothra? Their only their only chance, yeah, at living, yeah. He, he just tried to kill, them, but then they're flying away. I guess it shows how much. I mean, humanity must really love Godzilla now to be like, oh, you almost got us killed, but it's, no, no big problem, bro. Yeah, <laughs> we're good. We're gonna cheer for you to, to do to jump off this island. Yeah, but yeah. that kind of leads me to my ne- our next award, can't believe that acting award. And I mentioned this one earlier, earlier too, but Godzilla's behavior when he like literally tore his enemy limb from limb is both hilarious and like badass. Yeah. He really feels like a monster in that scene in a way we haven't seen in a while. And just again, that pan of the camera from behind him all the way to the front while he's just slowly opening and closing that claw. It's it is my favorite scene in the movie. I just think it's really cool. Yeah. But what about you?
0: I think I definitely think it's it's pretty funny. It shows a different side of Godzilla for sure. Mine uh I spoiled this a little bit earlier, but mine is at the beginning of, of the film when we have the dance a thon. We've got our comic relief character Nita. <laughs> you know, he's the one with the yellow shirt at the beginning. Yeah. I mean, I've said before that the Godzilla franchise is not kind to people that struggle with seizures. And just this is another (laughs) example of that. Um,
1: I knew you were going to say that. (laughs) When I was watching the movie, I was like, Eric's going to say something about that.
0: I didn't think about it until right now. (laughs) 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 But I was like, that's that's what he's doing there. The anguish on his face is so over the top. But it made me laugh out loud. Um, I'm not sure if it was a positive or a negative. Can't believe this acting award. Um, But it sure was something.
1: He was definitely tortured. I mean he 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 looked miserable.
0: <laughs> I'm like, dude. I just wish you we knew how long it had gone. Yeah, I'm <laughs> like, dude, you don't have to dance that hard. <laughs> like, like, like everyone around him everyone around him is just kinda like jiving. And here he is, like going all He's out. He's
1: going all out, I'm man. Like, you gotta chill. <laughs> it just shows his passion, Eric, and maybe he is the best character yeah. in the movie. I mean He's got he's got moves he's got moves
0: <laughs> yeah exactly uh, Our last award the standout effect award um, I'm going to exclude the Godzilla plane scene because I think that's a standout scene um, maybe that's just me but <laughs> I think it's an awesome scene so I'm gonna exclude that one that would have been my obvious choice but I'm gonna go with Ebra when he eats the man. Like there's some yes. camera work there that is really tricky, I think, but this might be the first time that we see a monster physically eating a person uh yes. It's pretty scary, right? like it would have been pretty scary at the time, and definitely, I wish Ebra would have had a little bit more fight in him against Godzilla because he definitely shows signs that he's not a monster to be messed with,
1: yeah. I mean, he really does. He he he's definitely one of the first to feel like he's maybe a little evil,
0: mm-hmm.
1: almost. Mm-hmm. I I'm kind of with you. Like that that scene, I remember it from when I was little. Yeah, that's how kind of impactful that scene is. I mean, the movie has a couple of dark dark parts. Yeah. I mean, we see people running from the soldiers and get shot down in the back. Mm. We see that. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a couple of darker scenes in this than we've seen in a that's while. True. But yeah, him eating people would have been mine as well. Mm. But I also liked the effect of the facility, that main facility where they discovered the reactor. I like the effect of it burning and breaking apart with our characters in it. Because this is the first time we've actually seen uh, like our gang of heroes inside a building while it's falling apart. And it looks pretty good. I mean, the facility itself is a little... A lot of it looks good, but then some of the site more sci-fi ish kind of parts of I the facility are really low yeah. budget
0: like the pipes the yellow blue the bright yellow bright blue yeah. and bright red pipes that just kind of break in their hollow and there's nothing to them
1: <laughs> yeah <laughs> I'm like, okay yeah yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah that, that did look bad but the effect of the whole place falling down this is the first time we've actually had characters inside a building while it's crumbling in it overall overall especially for the time and the low budget it does look good yeah I thought yeah, there's some stuff catching on fire and now the way it catches on fire. doesn't make sense, but I still thought it was a cool effect. I liked it. That's my standout effect award. Nice. But Hey, I guess it's time for our rating and ranking and Eric, I believe you're going first. So what did you think of the film?
0: Um, I've got to say, I enjoyed myself watching this film. Um, yes, there was, there were plot holes. Um, Multiple instances of Deus Ex Machina. Um, but despite the plot holes, I think the monster movie action here is actually a step up from the others. And I like our gang of heroes, each with a distinct character, or each a distinct character in their own right. Um, I do wish that the film explored the motivations of this red bamboo terrorist organization. We really get none of that. And Honestly, I wish we would have explored the origins of Ebera a bit more because without those aspects of the story, they feel more like plot devices to get the monsters fighting than actual elements that I'm interested in. So with that said, I'm giving this film three stars out of five. This three stars, wow. however, I will say it ranks above the three stars I gave Godzilla raids again. And it even uh, ranks above the three stars I gave Invasion of Astro Monster which means it literally comes right in the middle of my ranking so far of the seven films. It's my fourth, and it makes me optimistic about the following Fukuda films that we will watch. What about you, Alex?
1: So what's your last ranked film?
0: My last one... Is it Raids Again? No, it's Ghidorah.
1: Oh, God, you're a fool. You're a fool.
0: (laughs) No, Godzilla Raids Again is my second least favorite. Ghidorah is my bottom as of right now.
1: You're just a foolish man anyway i think our listeners all agree with me so thank you listeners for agreeing with me and as for me i like this film more than i thought
0: that's what you say I like every how I week just keep going on and yeah, on that's what I don't you, say let every you respond week. it's
1: because I, I had really low expectations for all these films. <laughs> i don't remember being this good and so going through them again like this one i remember watching this as a kid and it was called godzilla vs sea monster back then and It had, and it also, I didn't know this till I was researching the film a little bit more, but it had a distinct lack of surfing music in that one. Mm. They just didn't have music. That's lame. In in those scenes. (laughs) And honestly, I didn't remember anything else about the film uh, from back then, except for the skewering of people at the beginning, (laughs) which, you know, a side note, I had CeCe watch that scene, and she said she was really impressed. (laughs) Here's a quote She was watching, she watched a scene where, Ebra is is up, and she's like, oh, that's really impressive. And then he skewers people, and this is what she said. She goes, I was impressed, and then I wasn't. (laughs) (laughs) And, you know, maybe some people could say that about the whole movie, but the long... Track and field jump of Godzilla at the end is also (laughs) hilarious. You know, we we get that. Those are the two moments that I remember the most, the skewering of Islanders Mm -hmm. (laughs) and that jump by Godzilla at the end. Like, why wouldn't he dive like an amphibian probably would? (laughs) No. Instead, we get a track and field long jump. (laughs) It just just looks odd. Mm -hmm. But I really enjoyed it. It It was a ton of fun. It had even more problems. And, you know, things just happen to happen, but the characters really carried it throughout. Mm-hmm. And it's lower on the totem pole for me, but I think I have to give it a three out of five too. I debated a 2.5, but I think a three out of five works. And it ranks just above Godzilla Raids again, which is my least favorite of the films. Yeah. And so this is this is the bottom two for me, but I think it says a lot and maybe... Maybe you change your mind, Eric. But for me, it says a lot that Raids Again is considered the worst film for me. For you, Ghidorah is considered the worst. Mm-hmm. You know, here we are. I ask you maybe every week, every other week. But what do you think so far?
0: Well, I, I mean, in general, I, I mean, I thought it would be tough to, for this film to be above Invasion of Astro Monster. Because I really I did enjoy that one. And it was just so off the wall and crazy. Um, but I actually like the humans here. Right, they carried the film for me. Um, so I'm finding... What? Glenn? Glenn? Yeah. Glenn was an astronaut. I, I know, I know. But that was one character, right? One character. That's um, all we need. The world just <laughs> needs a Glenn. But in general, like I'm finding the movies that have, for me, the more appealing human characters are the ones that I gravitate towards. They have appealing human characters with standout monster scenes which is what this film had. So it's right there in the middle for me. You can call me a fool all you want, but I know well, the audiences will agree with me.
1: Your, your ranking of that film, I don't have a problem with. It's it's Ghidorah, the three-headed monster. I will vehemently disagree with you about. <laughs> but no, I'm, I'm interested to see where we go with Son of Godzilla. Oh, yeah. Uh, that one, and then All Monsters Attack. Yeah, All Monsters Attack. Are considered the worst. So,
0: so next week that leads us we'll into see. it. Next week, we're gonna be watching Son of Godzilla, right? And we're gonna ask ourselves these questions, Alex. You ready for these questions? What parenting lessons can we learn from Godzilla? Where do Godzilla babies come from? And most importantly, most importantly, Alex, is it just me or does Godzilla rock the dad bud? <laughs>
1: I think we're gonna have some really different, interesting conversations about parenthood in the <laughs> next in the next episode. I'm looking forward to that, man. I'm looking yeah. forward to that.
0: We'll see if we'll see. We'll also see if Theo uh, thinks Godzilla is a good dad.
1: I want to see what Theo <laughs> thinks of Manila. I uh, want. I really. God, we're we're gonna have to spend at least an hour just talking
0: about Manila, everybody. <laughs> Two parter <laughs> episode, just, son of Godzilla. Yeah, Two
1: part episode,
0: part one. Godzilla the dad. Part 2, Manila.
1: (laughs) Manila. Oh, Manila. One of the worst decisions in all of Godzilla. (laughs) But, hey, if you all want to talk to us about Manila, or maybe have comments about what you thought about this episode, or why Son of Godzilla is your all-time favorite (laughs) Godzilla film, you can reach us at Twitter at, at MVM underscore pod. Facebook, we're at Monsters vs. Men podcast. On Letterboxd. I'm at Al Cornette, Eric's at, at Mr. Eric Neely. And we've got an email. And you can send that to mvmpod at gmail.com. And until
0: next week, try, try to, to stay, stay alive.
1: alive. Oh. <laughs> you ruin it every time, Alex. I mean, you really yeah, do. Yeah, yeah, it's my fault. It's my fault. It is. Peace. <laughs> Let's see y'all.
0: A giant crab. A giant crab? Oh my what He's God sell fire onto his chicken leg. Dude, his chicken leg? Yeah. You mean his claw? Yeah.